Solar PV Cast by Shift, a podcast exploring solar energy and the role it plays in improving our lives and our planet. Here's your host, Chris Palliser. Hi, yes, it is Chris. Thank you for joining the Solar PV Cast. It is brought to you by Shift. For all your solar and energy storage needs, be sure to visit shift.ca. Now, sometimes when you're so close to something, you forget to tell everybody about the things that are obvious to you. And the solar industry, well, that's definitely no different. That's why I'm really excited about the conversation that we're going to have on the show today, because it's with a client of Shift, and we get the perspective of somebody who has just gone through the transition to solar. Now, this person joining the show is also somebody who's an incredibly uh, passionate advocate for solar, wants the whole world to go solar. So I'm excited to welcome to the show Dr. Karen Karsten. Dr. Karen, welcome. Thanks, Chris. Really happy to be here today. So first, solar in general. What is What makes you so passionate when it comes to solar? Um, well, I have uh, two kids, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at what what we're seeing, the the weather shifts, and what's going on in our world today, and really starting to worry that our continued use of fossil fuels is going to become incredibly problematic. If it hasn't already, it's going to become worse. And if we don't start making moves, or let's you know give you the the plug here, get some shifts happening, <laughs> then we're going to be in some serious trouble. And I think. Education is one of the key points for getting us over some of those fears around solar and and the challenges that we're facing. How's it been so far now that your system is up and running and you are you are using solar? It's it's actually it's kind of fun. I've kind of almost become obsessive about it. I, I keep checking the app to see how much I'm producing, and we have a cloudy day. I want to see how much is happening, and 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 doing that. And then I'm on BC Hydro because it actually shows you the net metering on there, so I can see you know how much excess I'm producing, and then I'm calculating or you know am I going to get enough back? You know, so I'm, I'm, I admit that I'm getting a little bit crazily obsessive about it. It will <laughs> probably drift, but it's it's been it's been a lot of fun, and it's also been exciting to know that. Uh, you know, I'm making a difference. And on a sunny summer day, I generate off my panels as much electricity as I use. Amazing. Yeah, it's funny that app. Um, every night, the people that I know that have solar arrays every night before bed, you know, you check your, your social media, and then you check the app. And it's pretty cool. Because yeah, you can see exactly uh, what's happening. It reminds me of um, I always bring this one up. It's like pickleballers. If you play pickleball, or you have a solar array within 10 minutes within that person at the pub, you know that they play pickleball and have solar. Absolutely. What? I have to admit, I'm doing that all the time, showing people my numbers yeah. and getting excited about uh, with sunny days. <laughs> what do the kids think now that the array is up and running? Well, they're not actually in my house right now, so they haven't really been by. I've sent them, of course, pictures from screenshots yeah. from my uh, app to show them what's going on. And, and they're both pretty excited about uh, the fact that we're doing that um, to try to make a bit of a difference. Going through the process, um, just like anything, you know, this is, this is a big purchase and some big decisions have to be made. Um, how was that for you to, you know, from again, a client perspective going through um, things to get the app up and running and get the system set up. 
Uh, the whole process actually in, in general is quite smooth. It was well organized with respect to the installation date. Um, we had some challenges with there's some loans that you can get with, uh, with the government. Um, and there were some challenges with how that went. Um, and there's some rebates as well. So there's some challenges in around that, but that wasn't actually shift. That's a different company entirely. But within shift, um, there was, uh, it was really, really smooth. Like they gave us a scheduled date. They came out. They did the, the setup. Then we got the app running and then it was about a, I would say about a week after that, that BC Hydro actually truly started the proper net metering. So there was a little bit of a delay from when we were producing energy to when BC Hydro was, was giving us back our net metering. Uh, now, I know you mentioned there's some challenges. It would be important for somebody watching to to be aware uh, because a lot of people want to take advantage of those rebates. And, and the Greener Homes program is the program you're referring to. The federal government is offering people right now. It's a, a $5,000 rebate and an up to $40,000 0% interest loan, which is really speeding up the transition to solar. Mm-hmm. And, and we've discussed this before. And, and I know you're an advocate for just kind of you know, looking out for yourself and making sure you're following up with your energy advisor and, and things like that. Would you have any tips for somebody watching and go, about to go through this process? Yeah, and I think where we got caught, um, and it was a miscommunication, I'm sure, which we all know is one of the biggest challenges when you have big projects like this. And it was that the um, that somehow we did not receive the request or all the paperwork we needed to fill out. And once the project is actually completed, so in other words, once that solar panels are up there, you can't go backwards and say, hey, I want the loan. So we actually lost out on the loan as a result because we didn't have the paperwork completed, but that was our lack of knowledge. Um, so we, we had some great conversations with your team at Shift. And even though, again, it's not their responsibility, they may throw that question out to the client. Hey, if you've applied for loans, have you gotten those loans completed and signed off? Because we're in the trouble if we don't. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need yeah. that money, it's not going to happen if you don't have that in place. Totally. Yeah. So it's it's really important because just like anything with the government, there's paperwork and boxes you got to check. And so Absolutely. it's definitely uh, a learning moment for everyone. If you're watching or listening to the Solar PV cast, you know, make sure you're you're doing your homework, I guess, so that you can take full advantage and, and get your solar system up and running. Now the years is up and running. Let's talk about <laughs> I wanted to title this episode Expected Losses because this is something we we run into when we have conversations with people looking to go solar. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, um, you put together this great document, I should say, and we thank you for that on expected losses. Mm -hmm. Could you speak a little bit about the surprises that that you learned along the way when you're transitioning to solar and some of those expected losses? Absolutely. So when we had our original... um, proposal given to us by shift it indicated that we were going to have about a 13.5 kilowatt system we have 500 watt panels there's 27 on the roof and we're thinking wow that's that's amazing this is going to pay back really really fast and then when i turned on the app that very first day i'm seeing 9.5 kilowatts and i'm like huh what's that about and it's bright and it's sunny out there and i don't understand and so I started thinking something was wrong with the system. And then, of course, that set us down the path of trying to figure out what was going on and conversations with Shift to help clarify all that. And I think the biggest thing to understand is like we're, we're, operating, we're operating right now in our system at about a 65% efficiency, give or take. That's not bad. If we were down, the first thing I, I guess backtrack, the first 
number that I came across that was really helpful for me was to discover that if I had that system set up in somewhere like Florida or California, really closer, much closer to the equator, for example, they're expecting 80%. So our angles are going to be much less. So we're obviously going to be less than 80%. So right there, I was going, oh, that's interesting. Okay. And that helped. And then I started understanding that when they rank those panels and you get a 500 watt panel, that's under these perfect lab conditions. It's kind of like when they say, you know, your, your miles per gallon or liters per hundred kilometer for your car is this amount. And you go out there and you never get that number. It's because we don't live in that perfect laboratory sort of situation. So some of the, the losses that, uh, you know, that we now, that my husband and I are now really truly understanding are, you know, things like, um, obviously clouds, that, that's a straightforward and easy one, but it gets hazy around here. Um, and if you're in a big city, it might be smog. And right now, this summer, we actually lost about 10 kilowatts um, on a couple of days because of smoke. Um, and that's something we're going to have to start thinking about. Um, the panels are set and, t and tested at 25 degrees Celsius in the labs, but they can get as high as 66 degrees Celsius, and they're not operating as efficiently at that point. Um, debris that lands on the panel, you know, dust, branches, leaves, and, and kind of a funny little aside on that when we live right on the ocean. And if you've ever seen a heron um, drop its poop, it's kind of <laughs> looks a little bit like when you see the airplane water bombers dropping on the fires and you see that wall of water. That's kind of what it looks like when a heron drops. <laughs> and if that hits your panels, I'm imagining there's going to be a little bit of need to go up there and, and rinse them off carefully with a soft cloth and some, you know, mild right. soapy water. No That's pressure. Right. Don't washers. power wash. Don't, Don't power wash. wash. I yeah. already found that out. Didn't yeah. do it, but asked about that. Perfect. Um, shade. You know, there's there's trees and branches. We have a chimney on our roof that covers a little bit of one of the panels from about one o'clock or so onward. Um, sometimes even the other angles of your roofs can create shade on your on your panels. We don't have a lot of snow, but that's you know another thing that can kind of create shade. And that tends to melt off from what I understand. I have a friend in Ontario with panels and she says it melts off pretty quick. Um, and the, one of the big ones was angle. Like you, the, having that perfect angle that they create in the lab, we don't get that. And so if you have a sloped roof, there's a good chance they'll follow the slope and that may not be the perfect angle. We have a lot of flat roof on our house and they, we discovered they couldn't lift the panels up to that angle by it, by a long shot because the amount of wind shear that would come from off the ocean would result in our entire roof structure needing to be re-engineered and rebuilt. And again, that cost, it wasn't even close. Yeah. And I think one of the last ones that really kind of um, hit us in one way was um, we had this idea that we could cover every square inch of our roof. We were going to max out. We were, and they were looking at these the plans and going, why are they only got 27 panels on there? I could squeeze another five up there easy. And what it turned out was our electrical panel could only handle 27 panels. So it's a good idea to say, you know, if somebody you're talking to somebody that's, or you are somebody that's building a new house, think about that when you're installing your electrical system. And if you're wanting to put solar on there, you may an upgrade to a slightly larger system might allow you to have bigger panels down the road. Very much so. Yeah, and those are all great points. And and starting with the panel, for instance, you're bang on. You know, a lot of older homes, especially in Victoria, have the 100 amp panel. I think that limits you to 12, 12 solar panels right there. So you're right. We do talk a lot about being solar ready. And there's a podcast on this, I should say. <laughs> and And one of the points is, yeah, if you're building a new home, Think about solar from the design point of view, because if you can put a 200 amp panel in, all of a sudden, 
you can get 30 plus panels, uh, you know, with a 225 amp bus bar and things like that. Uh, so you're bang on. And then the, the angle is really interesting as well because a perfect solar panel angle is equivalent to the latitude. So for us, it would be about 49 degrees. You know, that panel's pointed south to maximize the sunshine coming at us in the winter because uh, the sun's so low on the horizon. But you're bang on. The cost of, of putting that panel at 49 degrees on your roof, any roof, especially a flat roof that's going to catch all that wind, it just financially doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's really interesting how, you know, everything's broken down to the cost up front. It's kind of like microinverters. It's like, that's another thing. Clipping, that's a whole nother episode where you'll see a lot of people will see their their solar um, production, you know, instead of that beautiful kind of curve, it goes up and it's got a flat top and then it drops down. And I'm sure, I don't know if you've experienced the clipping yet. There you go. But the reason is so that, yes, you're going to lose some on those peak summer days, but you're going to gain more in the shoulder season and more throughout the day. So why would we, uh, you know, why would your solar installer give you a massive inverter when it costs a lot more money? Again, it's just going to hurt the ROI on that system. What I really love is that you've experienced these challenges, but you're still incredibly proud of, of going solar. Um, can you speak a little bit to, you know, that part of it, how that is outweighing any of these little hurdles that we face in North America? And I think that's, you know, coming back to, you know, what I was saying at the beginning, you know, it's like uh, trying to basically make as small an imprint on this earth as I possibly can as I move forward. Um, in the spring, I just purchased my first electric car. So, you know, that was kind of a neat thing to be able to tie that into the solar as well. So knowing that my solar system is going to offset that electric car. So I'm not putting more of a burden onto the grid as a result of, of having purchased that. So, I mean, to me, it's like there's so many pieces around this to be, if not, maybe not the word proud, but at least looking forward to the opportunities that each person can make and knowing that over the course of that 25 year life of my panel, it's paid off in 16 and a half years by the estimates you guys have, have created, which I have absolutely all faith in. So that means that out the other side of this, I mean, using numbers on my panel, I'm going to basically come out with about $40,000 ahead of if I had not done that over these next 25 years. So I actually make money in a way off of the panels, which is exciting. It's absolutely exciting. And it makes me sort of think, you know, especially with those loans in place, why wouldn't you? Why I wouldn't always, you? I always think uh, it's so funny with solar how a lot of people are like, well, you know, $25,000, for us. why would I spend that? Yet they go and spend $50,000 on a car that's got zero ROI. It's like, <laughs> yes, I get it. It's a big ticket item. But look at what's going to happen 10, 15 years from now when that car you just paid $50,000 for is worth nothing and your solar is still producing. And I mean, they can go 40 plus years. You know what I mean? Any other um, surprises or, you know, pleasant surprises that have, have come from, from having your array up on your house? Maybe it's, maybe it's simply the conversations, the neighbors stopping in and saying hi. I think that, I mean, we haven't really gotten to that, that point yet. It's only been up and running for a little under a month and we've been really busy. But um, it does set up conversations 
for sure. It really does. Um, and again, you know, having the electric vehicle, we can sort of tie that all together and you kind of hit people on both, both angles. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's actually been a lot of fun because, you know, when you pull up to your, the, the station or whatever, if you are charging off, off of your property, you know, you start into the conversations and, and yeah, I pull the solar into there every time, you know, it's like, ah, Hey, it's great. I actually produce my own energy. It's like, yeah, I'm here today paying, but at home I'm, I offset that completely through my solar panels. And it's yeah. amazing the conversations that get going with that too. And, and I always say this, Canada is actually a wonderful place for solar. I had a gentleman on from a Callowit Nunavut <laughs> and he is, is, leading the the way for solar in a Callaway, and he's incredibly proud of his system back to those lab ratings that you were speaking about in a their panels actually are producing more than the lab is giving them because it's so cold in minus 50 degrees electric just like anything when an, a, a radio gets too hot or your cell phone gets too hot and it says i need to chill i'm way too hot Solar panels are the same, to your point. When they're really hot up on the roof, they're not going to be as efficient. But in minus 50 degrees and on a sunny day, a 450-watt solar panel, he was telling me his 450-watt solar panels were producing like 520 watts. Because, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a sunny, cold day in Canada. You're laughing for solar. Well, Chris, I'm really sorry. I'm, even though that that sounds amazing, I would love to get that kind of production. I am not moving <laughs> up north into that kind of an area to get that. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, I mean, pros and cons to everything, right? You know, the rain here on the coast, yeah, we get the rain, but it keeps the panels clean and keeps that soiling to a minimum, which is a bonus, right? Yeah. And most people don't realize, I know I, was, I had a friend of mine, they're like, oh my God, you're, you, like I'm originally from Calgary. So I moved out here 20 years ago for my career and uh, people are going, oh, it's going to be raining all the time. And they don't realize that actually we have the same amount of sunshine as a lot of Southern Ontario locations in Victoria. Like it's, it, we're, we actually are considered a very sunny city and it's not necessarily all the rest of the coast, but we do actually quite well here. Yeah, and so when we get this mild temperatures with a sunny day, the panels are are doing are are doing great. I will touch on too the 0.5 degradation, just like mm. anything. Over years, a solar panel uh, drops about 0.5 uh, inefficiency every year, and you know if your solar installer's top notch, they're going to have all these things up front listed out in the proposal, broken down, soiling accounted for. Because at the end of the day, I think, and actually I'd love to get your thoughts on this, I think transparency is really the way forward and education is the way forward. What do you think? I absolutely agree. I mean, it's, we have all the, you know, you made that, you made a comment at one point and we were chatting about, um, uh, you know, th this idea about conspiracies. And I think where that comes from a lot is the fact that we're not being transparent. We're not saying, hey, you know, this is what it is going to be. You know, it's like your 13.5 kilowatt system is only going to produce somewhere between, you know, eight and a half and nine and a half um, at its best. And, and, and you know, once you get told that and you're told that up front and you understand that that's how it is for everybody, that that's just how it goes, then, then it's not such a big deal because you make that decision with your eyes open. I think it's when you get those little zingers from the back after you've you know signed on the dotted line and said hey I'm in for my you know thirty thousand or forty thousand whatever is your system cost and then suddenly you're like oh my gosh I, like I'm only, I'm losing thirty five percent of my production what what's that about 
you know, and then, and then you start get kind of wondering what's going on. And like you said, you know, if you're up front and you say, Hey, you're going to have losses, this, 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 and this, we have a client who's like right on the ocean, direct sun, you know, there's nothing impeding it really. And she's getting 35% losses. That's normal. Yeah. And that's good. And we've built that into our proposal. So it's not an issue. And, Especially and that's, when, that's when great. You're guaranteeing production, you, you yeah. better be stri- you know straight up with that. If you're putting a guarantee, 25 year guarantee on that for sure. The, uh, the the transition to solar overall in terms of the country, we're at an amazing place where it's speeding up, and education is the way. So you know, I appreciate that you know you you volunteered to come on this podcast and. And be a part of that education. I know you spoke a little bit about that in general. Is that something you can kind of see yourself doing? Uh, I'm not sure that it's something that I necessarily see myself, you know, pursuing as a uh, a topic. But right. for me, it's like any time that I can find a way to help, especially local businesses, you know, come ahead and 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 grow and um, make changes that are positive. I'm all over that. So if you're not the only one, I, you know, I, there's other, you know, causes that I would say are near and dear to my heart that I volunteer my time to, um, anything that can help us move forward in a positive way. I'm all over that. Amazing. Yeah. Education is the key and and you've definitely, uh, given us some of that perspective today. So I want to thank you, Dr. Karen Karsten for, for coming on the solar PV cast and, and giving us that vital point of view, because like I said, off the top, you know, when you're, when you're in it, you're in it every day, I'm sure, just like with your career. You know, you kind of miss a few things that somebody, you know, that fresh set of eyes gives you that little reminder, if you will. And that's so important within my own profession and within everything we do. We quite often forget that other people don't have the knowledge always that we have. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to express that and grateful that Shift does this to try to help people overcome, you know, any of the concerns or fears that they may have around solar. Amazing. Dr. Karen Karsten, once again, joining us on the Solar PV Cast. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. The Solar PV Cast by Shift with Chris Palliser. To begin your solar journey, visit shift.ca.